0: Hey,
1: how you guys doing? This is the producer from Brothers Comics. Welcome to the Marvel Hacks Season 2, Episode 2, uh, where we recap uh, current Marvel books and oftentimes have a throwback Thursday to classic X-Men stories, although not this week. On the line tonight, I have my two fav- favorite comic book procrastinators, uh I don't know if that's a real word. As we're looking forward to the Super Bowl, uh, at the flanker position, it's the Sandman. Sandman,
2: say what's happening. Thank you all, fellow mutants. I'm back here fumbling that ball and getting it picked off, but I do better. Yeah. yeah, no doubt about it. And on the
1: other line tonight, uh, well, I don't want to say his team won one Super Bowl. and should have won two, uh, but somehow he's not upset about that. I don't even know how that happens. It's the big game. It, 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 it's brother Beavis.
0: I get no kick from champagne. No. <laughs> I've heard that song somewhere before. In honor
3: of February, I don't know if you actively did it or it was just natural, but back in the bottom bitch position for a month. Mm-hmm. Happy Black yeah, Day no, doubt about, no <laughs> doubt
0: about it. No doubt
2: about it. Get used to it. They did push you Jesus, back
1: into second, yeah. second gear once again. Uh, it just becomes automatic. Like As soon as February the first hit, I was like, uh, white folks go second for everything. You know, I don't hold doors open. It's just, it's, a, it's the automatic click of the switch, man. You don't even have to think about it anymore. So, yeah, just, it is what it is. We are 14 days away from Black Panther. We're gonna talk about that movie uh, in the anticipation and a lot of stuff here in Blurred Notes coming up. Uh, so yeah, just um, really excited. So we're gonna hit into Blurred Notes off the right off the jump. Hold my, let me hit my music. Blurred notes. Blurred notes. Because the blurred note sounder blurred notes. brings us in, we got blurred one, two, three, blurred four, notes. five uh, topics blurred here we're going to get to right before we get to the comic books. Uh, letter B. Hey, man, should we start getting ready? Uh, word on the, the Twitter streets this morning was Stan Lee was in the hospital out in California in the morning. He got admitted. By the afternoon, he was already out, and he even did a Skype interview with somebody. He was like, yeah, I'm okay. Uh the man is ninety some odd years old. Ninety five. Uh ninety five. Okay. Ninety five years old. Uh can't really see that much anymore. Uh the glasses I think are really a prop at this point. Um <laughs> yeah. Sammy, should we
2: should we start getting ready and getting our affairs in order? I hate to be you know, morbid and stuff but yeah, the man is ninety five years old. We're blessed that he's still with us. Let's put it that way. Um, the man was married 70 years to his wife. I'll so give you some context. That doesn't happen. <laughs> okay, that just doesn't happen. We all love Stan, and they they already filmed a whole bunch of uh, uh, cameo scenes with him for at least three or four Marvel movies to come, and they they were kind of in on it too already. You know, it sounds sounds bad, but. The brother is old, you know, and, and I'm glad to hear that he's doing better. I heard he's, uh, yeah, it was a scare. It was all on the uh, Facebook uh, that he was in the hospital, and, like, oh, uh, you know, everybody pray, and that same afternoon he was back out and said he felt good. So there you go. Know, I was like, oh, well, damn, that he's back. So, but, yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah.
1: Time. It's time to start thinking about it.
3: Brother, is, is, is it time, man? It, you need to go and get some shit signed. He's got uh Twitter charges hanging over him too.
1: Yeah, it also no. true. Yeah, uh we and we never discussed that that he had some uh sexual harassment accusations uh cleviting. Yeah. Yeah. It is.
0: Well
1: well, let's be honest. Um there is a statute of limitations in terms of how old the person is that's a creep. Uh <laughs> President Bush was alleged to be a creep. And now that nigga's in a <laughs> wheelchair. Ain't nobody trying to, you know, put him in jail. Um, yeah. What's that other? Oh, Michael man. Douglas's dad had some charges. He in a wheelchair. I mean, what, what you going to do, really? I mean, honestly. So, yeah. they, they, they might have did something. You know, he's Maybe. old. He might have yeah. did something. Add, but nobody got I mean, come on, man. they, they, they been. Been. Yeah. So,
0: yeah.
1: they'll
3: they'll get him through phase three? Is that what we're in? Phase three. Yeah. And then we might be sternless for phase four. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, that is interesting that they're like, hey, we should get some cameos in with this dude before he dies um, and just start <laughs> filming random stuff, which is kind of morbidly true and weird, too. But, like, I get it. I I, I just know that at some point in time, I'm going to be big hutch in this situation where we're going to be talking about this on the podcast after he passes away. I'm like, damn, I should have freaking got that autograph so uh yeah anyway all right so yes get well stand, uh way to go try to make it to whichever con that you got coming up this coming weekend or month or whatever because i'm sure you got one he did make it to the black panther premiere i did see him there uh, with, yeah. uh yeah chadwick Boseman. It so he was there with chadwick yeah 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 so good job all right to the l um there will be no director-slash-extended cut for The Last Jedi. Uh, director Rian Johnson said that there is no extra cut or anything like that. You know, they'll just be the standard deleted footage from the movie that every movie has when the movie comes out on DVD, I think in March, I heard, uh, or maybe April. So, yeah, no director's cut or extended cut. Uh, Brother Beavis, you did not like
3: that movie, and it was hella long already. Are you
0: okay with this? <laughs> Yeah,
3: it, it, that the last thing it needs is extended. I think uh, some extra <laughs> editing would have, would have helped that. Uh, but, you know, they tend to, like, if they stick to the George Lucas method, then the, the plan is put it out, act like it's the real thing, the only thing, and then five years from now release a different version and disavow the original. So, <laughs> you know, there might not be an extended cut now, but they can always, like, uh, CGI about a billion robots into the background and add absolutely mm. nothing to it, and people will buy it. So, yeah. <laughs> the Jar Jar edition. Uh, no, Same
1: no. man, you were a bigger liker of the movie than Brother Beavis. Do you need an
2: extended cut? I don't know if we need an extended cut. I mean, it seems it seems like they're trying to pull that that DC thing. That's like, oh, oh well, you're gonna like that. So here's the real cut. You know, afterwards, trying to you know, just like Beavis said, trying to pull a. Three Card Monty and slide the whole movie out of the way. going, you no, know, this is what y'all been to make. So this is it. Extended cut. I mean, I wouldn't mind them putting some a uh, lot of uh, deleted scenes in. You know, that would be fine. But you know, that's standard. But eh, extended now, I don't need it. Well, the other thing too is
3: like, Ryan Johnson has had to
2: defend just about
3: every scene of the
2: movie. Everything.
3: Now. Yeah. So it's not like there's you know an editorial or you know an editor's track to put on. Um, that would make it interesting or anything like that i i think it's this will be real interesting what comes after because they you know the, the last jedi was they pretty much come out and said like you know this was we had to change to grow you know the fanatics uh or in general were not great fans of the movie and so you have mm-hmm. a chance to like distance yourself from the people who will buy anything that says star wars on it and count on the casual modern-day fan who really is singing it more as a movie than anything else, that's not really a strong merchandising play. So I think, you know, they felt like they had to change and grow, but there may be some changes that they're not expecting, but I don't know. I'm sure it, it'll be you fine. Know, the one thing Disney can't do is go broke. So,
0: yeah. um, <laughs> should, um, uh,
3: you know, you
1: run the risk, though, Brother Beavis, of Star Wars if you really only appeal to the hardcores, becoming Star Trek. You know, because there are literally no casual Star Trek fans. People that are in it are freaking in it. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, they are learning Klingon. They are naming their kids Spock. Like, they're really into it. Whereas Star Wars has a little bit more of a casual fan base, and the movies become more like an event as opposed to a lifestyle. So I mean I kinda g I get what you're saying too. Like, you know, we gotta, you know, kinda bring in this new generation of fans or whatever. I I always doubt that people are like, Oh, you know, fuck my uh, you know, fuck Disney, you fuck Star Wars, you know, just, you know, social justice warriors, have women and shit. But them <laughs> same dudes sleep that movie two times at least. Yeah. You know, just yeah. saying that they didn't go there and like, you know, well I, you know, whatever, I had to make sure that it sucked uh, you know, okay. So, <laughs> oh God! Oh God! <laughs> so yeah, I'm not so sure that they're gonna just abandon, uh, you know, 35 years of their life because they got mad that you know Finn and Ray might get it on. So
0: yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> whatever. All right, good to know. All right, uh, letter E. Uh, hey man, the Ant-Man and Wasp trailer premiered um, as the Black Panther. Uh, World, or I guess movie premiere happened out in Hollywood. Um, ahead of that movie, they showed the Ant Man versus Wa- Ant Man and Wasp. I don't say it versus Ant Man and Wasp trailer. Uh, I've seen it. I just saw it a little bit uh, again a little bit earlier today on a, on a bigger screen. Uh, so, what did you think, Brother Beavis? Did you like
3: it? Yeah, I think it looks cool. I think um, you know, for I, I think a lot of people regard the first one as sort of middle of the pack, but I think it was significantly different from the others. I thought the way they treated Hank Pym was great, because he's such a difficult character, and I think it's interesting that they've, you know, they're portraying Wasp as, like, ultra-competent and really more powerful than Ant-Man, and still sort of capitalizing on um, Paul Rudd's sort of rom-com yuckety-yuck background, so it looks good to me.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, I liked it. It didn't, like, pull me away. I thought it was like,
0: yeah, okay, I like
2: it. And, you know, that was kind of it. It's not to say that I'm uh, not going to want to go see it. I I will. Uh, this is a teaser, uh, and uh, they were kind of in and out. And I do like Ant-Man because it's not a lot of world-ending problems. It's just, you know, what's going on with that little group and, you know, in their particular situation. And I like that because, you know, obviously – superhero movies kind of kind to get to the uh everything's the end of the world and that gets old after a while and uh um this is yeah basically a rom-com i believe that's what's um being billed as so uh i look forward to it uh i think uh as the uh trailers come out we'll see more and i like it more so i like it yeah
1: that seems like they've um the trailer hit, like, all the points that it needed to hit, um, like a good trailer should. Didn't give you too much. You got the mystery villain, which I think, I think it's Echo. It's a Star- Iron Man Ghost. Villain. Ghost, yep. yeah. It's an Iron Man villain. Um, it's an Iron Man villain, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, oh, okay. You know, I mean, good for them. Uh, you know, like you said, and speaking of, you know, world-ending cataclysmic events, we'll be I talking will. about that with the Avengers. Yes, we will. Coming up. We'll and, uh, yeah. Whew. And you know it's it's refreshing to see something that's not just that. Um, and hey, anytime you can get Evangeline Lilly, is that her name?
2: Is that her? Yeah, that's yeah, Anytime name. you can
1: get her on the on the screen for me is never a bad. Yeah. Name.
2: Um, yeah, I liked her a lot in the first one, by the way, and, and this yeah. one too. I like, I really like her character. So. Yeah. Does, does she, she check your? Looks a little bit like a dude box.
0: Nigga, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Did that before she, you asked that question? She's a little muscular, I'll give her
1: that, yeah. She, she, she even went muscular. short She even went short haircut to extend the, 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 the kind of like a dude moment, man. So, yeah, we're good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You're not kidding me? Oh, come on. All right. So,
1: yeah, thumbs up there. All right, and speaking of Black Panther, the last two letters tonight kind of deal with that. One on... Um, the good side and then one on the bad side let, let, let's do the good first because even though I might take it out of order of the show notes um, the early Black Panther reviews um, are off the charts I mean people are just going absolutely nuts now uh, we'll preface this by saying even though this the Marvel Hacks is two-thirds black um, <laughs> Black Phones is super expensive and, and the reviews. bottom
3: third is white is what we're yeah the bottom
1: third ask. yeah sorry yeah. <laughs> he is very, he's very white thank you um, Two-thirds, you know, two thirds of people on this podcast is black. Okay, ninety nine percent of these people that are seeing this movie that are giving these early reviews is black. Look, I love my people, but we could also have blinders like anybody else can. Okay, so mm-hmm. we're seeing this movie, a movie that we've anticipated since you know, since you know Wesley Snipes was thinking about doing this movie back in nineteen ninety something. Like this is something that has been at a fever pitch. It reached an even higher fever pitch. You know, after he appeared in Civil War, I mean, so pretty much I think anything that they threw out there, people, and the excitement for it, you know, people are going to be like, oh, shit, it's the best thing ever. And that's really what we're getting. It may be that. I'm not saying that it's not. But also know that, you know, early fan viewings of these things can be a little bit skewed. All that being said, um it's making more money, like, I guess, at Fandango or ticket sales or whatever for the anticipation of the movie. You're thinking about it's going to be upwards of a $120 million opening, which would be ridiculous for February. Have the early reviews Sandman,
2: you know, moved you
1: one way or the other about this movie?
2: Um, I was already pretty much hyped up for it, so I don't think I could get any more hyped up. It was, it was for me, it was almost a relief. It's like, oh, thank God, it's good. Because you know, I mean, obviously, with this many black people in a, in this type of a big market movie, I mean, it, a lot of it was kind of riding on it. So I was kind of relieved to hear that people did like it. Well, not not like it, love it. I mean, people were raving about it. It was to the point I was like, oh my goodness, really? But I didn't almost I almost didn't believe it at first. I was like, nah. just like you said, it's kind of like I wonder if this is euphoria, you know, because people want it to be good, and so it is good. But you know, it's I the worst review I heard was it's still an above average superhero movie. <laughs> if that's the worst you got, I mean Jesus. I mean the sky's the limit, so um look I'm still very much looking forward to it. I'm more hyped up than ever. Yeah. It sounds like they got
1: the villain right of, of every review I've read
2: yeah. that, that spoiler
1: few that um Michael B. Jordan knocks it out of the park as, as Killmonger. Brother Beavis, you say all these movies live and die on the villain, so does that make yeah. it a bitter watch or not a, you know, or
3: does it help the anticipation? Yeah, I mean, that's that's like the main thing that I want to hear because it's the villains that drive the story. I mean, you know they're not going to win, but it's their their journey is, is often more compelling. And when they can find a way to get you to understand what the villain's doing and even to the point of rooting for them, that's that's when you've got something. When you've got like a wolf for example, who's just sort of a force of nature and this <laughs> oh, bad CGI yeah. just running through yeah. stuff. There's nothing there. There's no There's yeah. no story to tell there. Also see Ares. Um, yeah. Oh, so, <laughs> yeah. God. Or, yeah. or the Enchantress, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Oh, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and DC people, hang on—we're actually gonna get to you like right now. Like you didn't really have to wait. (laughs) That was a hell of a segue, brother. Okay, DC people. Um, The other Black Panther note, as the the super congratulatory reviews have come out for this movie, uh, you can't—it's simple bundyomics. You can't have good without having an equal amount of bad. Wait,
0: not not not
3: to just totally. uh, There, there was one other thing I was gonna say. Uh, and I know you were, i I'd let you get pretty far there, but I can okay. kind of draw a parallel between, in terms of hype like this, and Force Awakens. Because they mm-hmm. screened it to people that were, like, super hype Star Wars fans. It was good enough for them to be ecstatic. And,
0: right.
3: you know, on, and as you get further into it, you're like, wait, that was awesome. Oh, wait a minute. That was, I think I saw <laughs> that before.
0: Okay. So, yeah,
3: like, as long as it... it, it, it it might just be good enough to get you through that night, but that's probably okay. I mean, you start to think about it, see it again, you might figure out the flaws. But it's, I take the early reviews. It's, it's got to be good enough to come out of it and say, wow, that was fun. That was a fun two hours or whatever. Yeah. I mean, and early reviews can go
1: sideways as fuck, too, though. I mean, I mm. mean, Batman versus oh, yeah. Superman was one of those movies. People knew from the jump, like, ooh, this could be bad, like from the <laughs> beginning. And yeah. uh, Justice League was the same way. You know, they held the freaking... They held off the reviews or they held the blackout for the longest time. Like, as soon as it came out, people were like,
0: "Yeah, mm, yep,
1: we got a turd here. So, mm. you know, I mean, it could go either way, but I, I I understand... Look, people want this movie to be good. They're going in, they're going to see it, and everybody's got blind spots and rose-colored glasses. Like, I get it. So, I'm hyped, beyond hype, but, um also like i'm also i hope i can view it as a, from a realistic standpoint and be you know i told this story on the, the brothers Comics podcast before like i was stupid hype for um the phantom menace and i went in there and i left out of that and I was like, oh no, yeah star wars is back and I, I saw i yeah i know i saw the phantom menace in the movie theater four times this, this oh, is my wow yeah this is this is my Batman versus Superman, Sandman. Um, you can throw this in did. my face.
0: <laughs> yeah, you can throw
1: this in my face in the future. And I saw it in the theater four times. I had a bootleg copy from like Turkey on VHS. Like I watched oh, that goodness. movie so much, and you couldn't, you could torture me for hours to try to get me to watch the Phantom Menace. Now, and I would hold off like a freaking terrorist, man. I am not watching that movie ever again, because it's so bad. It's a bad movie. Not a bad it's Star Wars movie. It's just a bad movie. But I, I would have gone to the grave in 98 to tell you that it was really good. So, we all got blind spots. Like, I get it. So, mm. I'm hoping that it's good. I'm praying that it's good. Uh, I, you know, I trust Marvel probably more than, you know, obviously that my brother does. So, all right. <laughs> there we go. All right. So, the other part of that was DC fans be staying the worst. Um. So, with the all the the anticipatory stuff for Black Panther. There was a report out there that some DC fans were trying to ruin the uh, the Rotten Tomato score for Black Panther as it starts to come out uh, to give it a bad rating, so t- people won't go and see it. And again, this would be casuals, so of course, not so going and going and seeing the
0: movie.
1: Uh, this started from a DC thing. Uh,
2: but Sam, man, you said it was started on like a, it was a Reddit user, of course. Yeah, I think it was Reddit, and then it spread to Facebook, and then the uh, uh, this guy. Uh, who was revealed later was a um, alt right uh, person, shacking. and um, yeah, yeah, shocking. And um, Facebook got wind of it and it was like, oh, oh, yeah. And then they shut down that that because he had started a group, of an anti Marvel whatever group it was. And um, it, it it goes deeper than that. Is this, this guy? Uh, I believe I heard right that he was pissed at Star Wars that they were bringing in you know women and people of color, and he was going off on some kind of, yeah, some kind of campaign on that, and that morphed it to now this anti-Marvel thing, and he's, I don't think he has anything, he's not a Beast fan at all, he just wants to hurt Disney is is his real goal, and um, made all this noise about it, and actually, a lot of people kind of joined him at first, Uh, like if they had, like, 5,000 people or something, said they were going to try, yeah, try to uh, yeah, Try to uh, muddy the waters for Black Panther or whatever. Which is, I mean, it's just a colossal waste of time, anyway. But I, I don't know. It's they at least they floored, Facebook recorded that part of it. So I don't. I haven't heard anything else. If they're the, the same characters trying to, uh, another way or whatever. But yeah. Okay, I'm gonna
1: tackle this on two fronts. And I wrote an article actually about this at brotherscolts dot com. Uh, I posted it just a few hours ago, um, and I'll throw the first one to Brother Beavers. Um, Shouldn't DC fans be worried about cleaning up their own house first?
0: <laughs>
3: well, every the the review for every DC movie is it's better than some other shitty DC movie. So, <laughs> yeah. that they, they, uh, DC fan doesn't care where the bar is, just as long as whatever they're looking at is slightly above the bar. So mm-hmm. that's one way to achieve success: is make everything worse. And then you can yeah. be better than something else. There's nothing they do that's objectively good other than yeah. Wonder Woman. Uh, yeah. That's a so, too, by the way. If, if you make the rest of the world look terrible, then you start to look pretty good. Yeah, I, I hear you. <laughs>
1: yeah, and I, I think that was my one of my biggest things. Like, if... I, why don't y'all just make better movies or hold the people that you watch the, or, you know, that make the movies for DC, Extended Universe or whatever, to make better movies? Like, y'all shouldn't be looking at Marvel and be like, well, we're going to tear y'alls down to make, you know, everybody feel bad, you know. Stop taking, you know,
3: stop filling my bucket or taking things out of my bucket. All right. That's part one.
0: Part it's two. Not like,
3: it's not like there's not... You know, it's not like they're competing each against each other. Like it, right. they could be lifting the entire superhero genre up together. Correct. They yes. could be doubling uh-huh. the interest, doubling. But it, it's not. You know, it, it, one doesn't have to be successful at the other. At the expense yes. of the other, they could mm-hmm. both be fine. But yeah, yes. you're right. Dude, just make which, better movies. Yeah, which what we uh, we are you know
1: been you know talking about on this podcast and the blog for years. Like if y'all make better movies, that'll force Marvel to make better movies, and then we all win. Like it's comic book people and fans, we all win if everybody's making good movies. Now, Mm -hmm. you know, of course Marvel can get lazy because there is no real competition. It's the WWE. You know, there's no real competition. (laughs) They can just roll out. You know, whoever I saw, I just saw Samoa Joe is like in the WWE. I was like, that the TNA dude? (laughs) Yeah. I was like, come on, (laughs) man. why? Wow. I mean, y'all using Samoa Joe. He's terrible. So, like, it's just, you know, I'm, it, it, it's the same thing. Okay. The, the second point of this, before, as we close out Blurred Notes, um, there's clearly an undercurrent of racism attached to this as well. I mean, Sandman oh, said it yeah. was some all right dude or whatever. It's shocking. I don't remember there being these protests to take down Rotten Tomatoes for, like, Civil War or Spider Man Homecoming or anything go. like that. So, Mm -hmm. like, I mean, there's a a very serious undertow of racism attached to that. And, I mean, and it's to be expected, you know, like anything where this movie was going to be better than fill in the blank white superhero movie is going to get all kinds of people
2: up in their feelings about it. And they're going to do whatever they can to, you know, shoot holes in that boat. So, yeah, we knew we were going to hear something. We knew we were something was going to come out of this many black people in a movie. This big, oh yeah, yeah, that's a target. Yeah. It's, these idiots were going to try to hit it. So, yeah, I'm just surprised yeah. it wasn't more. That's it. Yeah,
1: I mean, yeah. well, we're still 14 days away. Yeah, so well, that's um. true. That's
0: true. the chickens yet? Yeah,
2: right.
1: Yeah, I, I assure you, somebody right now is some white dude behind a computer is cracking his knuckle, and the first one was is in an <laughs> eye. <I'll> just... <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> he
1: was like, uh, so he was ready. So, all right. <laughs> it's blurred, notes All right, man, let's get into these comic books tonight. D.C. people, we just ran you for a bit. Uh, we are going to throw you a bone tonight, D.C. folks. We are going to actually review uh, uh, a D.C. comic book. We were doing this for Big Hodge, but, like, he's not here tonight. Uh, so we are actually going to review a comic
0: book. D.C. books. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> right, we're gonna do a DC
1: book. Get on the podcast. Uh, hello. Exactly. So, um, yeah. So we're gonna do that. Uh, we're gonna Your start.
0: Doomsday Club. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's my big person. That's very good. Though. Yeah,
1: and it, it's, but it's true. He's like, I oh, we should be doing that. Okay. Well, do you want to get on the podcast? Yeah. Crickets. So, all right. Um, yeah. So it's gonna go second, though. You know. Uh, It's going to go second. We're going to go with Marvel 2 and first is our first book. Uh, We reviewed the first book uh, a couple of weeks ago, I guess. And Mm -hmm. now part two is out. Uh, Brother Beavis is going to take the lead on this. I got notes, but you go ahead and take it from the top.
3: Yeah, so the episode two should be called The Thing Shouldn't Even Try to Lie because he's not very good. So the first first episode was... um, the thing gets a encoded message through some techno techno blah blah from that Doctor Doom found, but Doctor Doom's trying to be good, so he gives it over to the thing and it's a coded message from uh from Reed Richards. It's he knows that this is the message will be read when they're outside of the universe, essentially dead, and so he wants the Fantastic Four to continue. Sue Storm's last words to the thing were to take care of Johnny and so we find out Johnny's not doing so good. He's uh, his powers are going away, and he's you know more butt hurt than usual. So, the thing thinking he's going to do something right, he, he lies to him and tells him, "No, we got to go find this thing so we can find Reed and Sue." Uh, so the first the first way he fails to lie is he starts telling everybody about it. So uh, first first stop, uh, he's got to tell it to his boo, uh, Alicia Masters. And I like this first page. There's a you see the thing and there's a voice and you're like, well, wait a minute, who's talking? But it's actually a statue of the thing. And the, the thing is also talking. And so he's, but, she's trying to tell him like, Hey, uh, you know, y- you might want to just tell him like what happened. The truth. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and he's like, yeah, yeah. And then there's a hilarious part here where they go through the, she's like, uh, yeah, you've been here before when when you disappeared for months, and Johnny and I dated, but I was actually a scrawl. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah were, funny, were you funny guys funny Were funny. you guys
2: aware of that story or following that? At the I time? didn't. I didn't know about that story, but I, I was laughing just reading about it. And this, so I can. I imagine. remember they. Huh? I
1: remember they dated. I did not remember that she was actually a scroll though.
3: Yeah, yeah I think it was like Elijah the Laser Fist or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh Lord. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was after it was obviously after Secret Wars, but yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So the next scene, he and Johnny are off, they're going to they had the 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 clue was they have to go to the side of their first adventure and they, they're in the they're in this fantastic car. Uh, which is literally yeah. a flying bathtub. And I saw that <laughs> and I was like uh, Reed Richards might be a technological
2: genius, but as far as style goes, uh yeah. <laughs> And that was cut, that was cutting edge in the sixties. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs>
0: Yeah,
2: it has not been updated. It has not.
3: So, and and this is where like this whole this whole series so far is just you know eighty percent of it is just banter between the Thing and the Fantastic Four, and and I think this is a really smart move. I think to get some interest back because these are the two most compelling characters, and their relationship yeah. is good. And Johnny's a lot better paired with somebody else, whether it be Spider Man or Thing. Um, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. So they head off to the site of the adventure this week where they believe it was their first encounter, Monster Island, where they crashed from space and we get the return of a classic (laughs) Fantastic Four villain. (laughs) The Mole Man.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes.
3: uh, And Magoo, I don't know, did you guys read Monster Island? There's a, there's a, a, a tease that after the Monster Island event of Marvel, uh, they've all come here to Monster Island and they're vying for who gets to be in charge, and they're in the midst of an election. Uh, <laughs> <kind of laughs> yeah, That's
2: goofy. That was funny. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, didn't, I
3: didn't read Monster Island.
2: Yeah, I, didn't. Neither did I. I didn't know it was a thing. I didn't.
3: I think it was not a world ending, uh, stop all the publication and start over event. Um, and I don't know if it was a mini-series or one-shot or
0: whatever. but
3: So there's a fight. Johnny, the other subplot, Johnny's losing his powers. His powers go out, and somebody shows up to save him, which is Doom. Uh, Doom ends up being the one to fight, to win the fight. And so Doom becomes the ruler of Monster Island. I thought this part was funny, too, because everybody else might be like, man, I don't try to rule this this island. I don't need all these monsters. And he's like, all right, my little subjects, take these two below. He just, like, falls right in. He's like, I'll, I'll add that to the list shit I will. <laughs>
0: yeah, and somewhere
3: in the course of this, uh, the thing or the, Dr. Doom realized that the thing is lying to Johnny Storm, and there's, there's you know, for a, a a solid mask, like the look in the picture, a solid mask dude looking at a rock a dude with a rock face, and it's still like a recognizable look. I, I mean the art we talked about this a little bit, the art is fantastic. It there's a lot of thing. like visual storytelling. There's a lot of dialogue. Like it's it's probably like point seven Claremont, but mm-hmm. um, there's mm-hmm. a lot of visual storytelling too. So then we get we find out there's nothing here, but the actual first adventure is a flashback story to Reed and and Ben in college, and that's part of the strength of the relationship. They're like completely different, but they're the old best friends. And Doom had politicked his way into getting some award, even though Reed's technology was better. So they they play this really awesome trick on him to change the name on his title to Victor Von Doof, and that was the site of the first <laughs> adventure. And they recover the uh, the trophy. has the actual uh, dimensional hopping technology or whatever, and, and yeah. maybe from this point forward, the, the new adventures begin. Okay. Yeah,
0: right.
1: Um, I thought it was a really good issue.
3: Um,
1: I thought it the trophy is, is, is a solid read. Um, by far the best book that we're going to review tonight. Um, by far the only one that really didn't make me angry. So, uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's a solid book. I, I, there's a part of me, and you kind of mentioned it, brother Beavis, that um, shit, maybe it needs to be the fantastic too, you know, terrific too. Uh, you know, bringing Reed and Sue back as as long as and Valeria and Franklin, uh, it can be kind of burdensome in terms of the storytelling. Um, so yes. I, it might not be the worst thing to just have these two carry this book for I don't know how long they're going to keep these other two gone. I would say probably that get the six issues by the time we get the Fantastic Four back, but at least um, I would
0: think. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: solid solid book. I, you did skip over one of the points that I had on here where him and Johnny are having their banter, and Johnny is like, yeah, you know, I don't have to like take showers or brush my teeth <laughs> or anything. Like, yeah, nah. so Johnny's poor <laughs>
0: washes his ass. Um, so <laughs> <It> just <laughs> burns everything the just
1: burns off. off yeah I was like yeah so burn off the plan just burns the right, off. right yeah. off yeah
3: like I never read a lot of Fantastic Four but I was like I was hyped enough after I read this I went back and started reading I just picked up like the beginning of the John Byrne era if mm-hmm. you are a fan of mansplaining
0: you <laughs> should
3: go <laughs> read old Fantastic Four because yeah. Reed Richards mansplains Sue store down. Everything. Every oh, God.
0: episode, he yeah. tells her
3: every aspect of her power. You gotta do it like this. You gotta. Oh, it's oh, it's so bad. I had to look at the date. I was like, this one was this. It was like oh, 1962, 81. Come on, he's yeah. <laughs> <My God. laughs> got My her. Oh,
1: it's bad. Uh, <laughs> of course. Not not surprising. Uh yeah. And again, especially knowing kind of what we know about John Byrne now. It's not really a surprise. Yeah, but, yeah. so uh, <laughs> good to know. All right, yeah, solid book. Um I I enjoyed it a lot, so good yeah. job.
3: It's a good book. All right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's one I will continue going on whether we're doing it or not. That's one I'm gonna you know, keep we'll keep in the queue uh to kinda keep going to because eventually so again, they're going to get back to the Fantastic Four. He does yeah. make that little note, that side reference note in there too, about uh, that they're still producing a Fantastic Four comic book. Yeah, uh, the <laughs> plot of the book is what they're living out right now, which I thought was
3: genius. I was like, yeah, that, but like you
0: know, freaking, they're
3: causing some lost dimension or something. I was like, uh, <laughs> I <live laughs> in my life. yeah, yeah. Johnny like lays out like,
0: what? what why would he?
3: Why would he be in a different dimension? Maybe this, time He lays the whole thing out and things like, oh. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, it,
1: it's a solid, it's a solid book. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's a solid book. One of the better uh, legacy books that have come out, um, along with, again, Captain America, but different podcasts. All right, let's get into our DC thing. We should ring a bell or something. Uh, we're going <laughs> to do a DC book tonight. Um D.C. folks, we added this book for Big Hutch. Uh, he's not on the podcast, so I'm going to be first. Uh, I'm really forced to lead the charge on this. The only reason that he brought it up is because it was the Flash's 700th issue. Now, this isn't issue number 700. It's issue number 39, I believe. Yeah, and it's only because of like the different versions of Flash in the different books. So it's the 700th Flash story or issue. Over the various numbers of books that he has had over the various numbers of years. So is that's that like, is it. that
3: like Count Kid Flash and all that, or just?
1: I don't think so. Uh, I think it's just because this version of Flash that's on thirty-nine is the rebirth version of Flash. But then Um, there's been other ones that started like the, I guess the original was in like 1959, and then there was another 2005 version, and then 2011 for 52 had a certain, I think it had 52 issues. So when you add them all together, this is the
2: 700th Flash story. So that's what
3: they did. Yeah. They're just just attacking the next generation's ability to do basic math. I mean,
0: this (laughs) this is just hurting the children. <laughs>
1: you know my kids in math. Hey, but the bigger <laughs> issue. The bigger issue is um and this is something that we've talked about with Marvel doing as well, about them blending T V movie universes bleeding into comics, which we're gonna talk about for sure when we get to the Marvel books coming up here, is that now uh the Flash, uh this is Barry Allen this version of the Flash, there's been some sort of event, and now Iris West found out that Barry Allen is actually the Flash. Now, on the TV show, Iris Iris is black, not in the comic book, but as this book goes on, you're going to find out that one of the kid Flashes is black. And I I don't read enough Flash books to know why, but whatever. So, (laughs) yeah, Barry's, you know, trying to get back with Iris, and she's like, you know, you lied to me all these years. I want to know everything about you being the Flash. You know, that's basically it. And the the subplot of this is that, you know, fire is bad. Lightning and fire is bad. like, it's the thing that men have fought over for thousands of years. And whatever that power is, you know, whoever can control it controls everything. That's basically what it is. So Barry is uh, trying to explain to Iris like this is what um, you know. This is what happened. This was my story. You know, uh, he goes over his whole his whole kind of life as the Flash. He even takes her to the Watchtower, where she's like, "Oh, it's really beautiful up here." She's like, "Oh, so you know who Batman is and you know who Superman is?" Yeah, uh, uh-huh. I can't tell you those secrets, um, but everything else that's associated with me, I can tell you. So he goes over this whole life. There's a B plot with Kid Flash, the Black One, Wally West and there's some other speedster, this lady, and she's a part of the Justice League of China or some shit like China. that. China, yeah. Yeah, DC, do you know who that is, Saman? Because I saw that lady, and I was like, who the fuck is this?
2: I have no idea who that character is. Oh, okay. yeah, like, yeah. Like you just said, it's part of that overseas Justice League. There's like two Justice Leagues now or something, so it's really good. Yeah. Less than, num-
1: less than number of Avengers teams. We see you, no surrender. We're coming. <laughs>
0: um, yeah.
1: So, um... Yeah, so he's like, you know, I didn't. He pulls the Spider Man, you know, I didn't tell you, you know, to protect you, you know, from my villains or whatever. She's like, B.S. You t- didn't tell me because you didn't trust me or whatever. And I don't know, man. Oh, and she's like, this is like A.W. Yeah, that's why I'm telling you, this is bleeding this <sighs> into the freaking TV show, is into the comic book. And she's like, I don't know why I have one black. I have two nephews, one black is one white. And. There's some other villain named Carver that gets killed in transport. Yeah. That's obviously a B-plot story as well. And then as Barry's explaining all this stuff to Iris, he hears a voice calling in his head. It's like a narration and like a black box that's saying, you know, hey, you know, Barry, you know, she ain't going to love you anyway because she knows, you know, essentially you'd be a punk-ass bitch. And, you know, <laughs> hear my voice. Come to me. And, he, and everything in Central City has stopped. Like everybody's like in slow motion except for him. And, you know, he's like, he runs to the voice, he sees some villains there. This is why we need Hutch here, because he reads this book regularly. Here's some voice, there's some okay. dude in there called multi, the Multiplex, some dude. It
2: uh, essentially um, look like some version of the, um, so like, like a yeah. Midnight Express finishing move. <laughs> uh, multi, <laughs> multiplex was an old Firestorm villain. If, it's, if this is truly the same uh, character, I have no idea if it is or not, because I actually used to read Firestorm back in the day. uh. Yeah. Um, I don't, yeah, yeah. He, his power is to duplicate himself many, many times, per absorbing energy uh, through whatever means. So I don't know if this is the same character. He doesn't look anything like him. Probably not, but I don't know.
1: It's, that's what I thought when I saw him, and then I saw others that looked like him. I was like, oh, this dude must be like the multiple man, like Jamie Madrix or whatever. Basically, like, oh, okay. same Yeah, whatever. Yeah. And, um,. Yeah, and then there's some other dude. I, I, in my notes, I put uh, some nigga named Ragin. Um, yeah, I don't know who right, that is. Either. Yeah. Raj, whatever. Yeah, I don't, yeah. So I'm yeah, a, yeah, whatever. And they're like, oh, <laughs> you know, the power that you stole, you stole the, you know, the speed force. You don't, it doesn't belong to you. You stole it, yeah. you know. You stole it on the master.
2: You, yeah, like yeah you go yeah. back
1: to its rifle owner, and then God, like, comes out. And like grabs like Barry by the throat and is like, you know, I need the Speed Force back, you know, because I'm like I need it to live yeah, or it's my to, life depends it's, on it. You know,
0: yeah, yeah he's dying. Live, so.
1: Yeah, and you know, in cut tape, this is like a, a a start of a new series or whatever of books here for the Flash. I mean, whatever. I mean, yeah. I thought. I mean, I know I ran through it really fast. I thought it was actually a pretty decent issue. Uh, I mean, it was kind of CW esque. It was weird seeing Iris West as being white
2: again. Um, <laughs> Was she black in the book, too? No, no, no. In the book, she's white. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought I didn't know if I know she was white, but I didn't know yeah. if they had like you know did that in the book too. The, no, no, the no, 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 the Damn TV show or some crap. Okay, no, no, no. Good. She's
1: still white. And she's he's an investigative right. reporter, but yeah, she's still white. And um, and I, it, you know they allude to the, you know the time stream or whatever being okay. messed up, and he talks about you know I can't tell her everything. I can't tell her about you know flashpoint and the paradox, mm-hmm. with it. like all these things or whatever mm-hmm. that he hasn't told her, it yeah, has everything all goofed up, I guess, with the time stream or whatever. But, I mean, uh, as a book, as a regular, just reading a comic book, The Flash is probably one of my favorite DC characters, too. I mean, it was aight. You know, I, I can't really, mm-hmm. I wouldn't shit on it or whatever. Will I read the next one? Yeah, I will, because I want to see how the story is. Sure, terrible book. Yeah, yeah it's a terrible book. So, yeah, thumbs up for Flash 39 slash 700. So, there
0: you go, DC. There
2: you go. That's day one. We gave y'all y'all one. We say something nice about DC every week. One thing. Well, you know what, though? Hang on. Hang on, DC people, because uh, we are about to run Marvel
1: into the ground. At least I'm about to run Marvel into the ground for their offerings this past week. (laughs) So, hey, you know, you might be, hey, I'm going to listen to these dudes now, because now they're shit-talking Marvel. So, um... I'm gonna give you what you want for that. So
3: any thoughts on that, Brother Beavis, besides sounding like a C dub? No, I mean the 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 pro- I only watch the show really and the problem one of the problem with the show other than the general CWness is that everything's a speedster. And so like you fought speedsters three. for like the first three seasons and speed force yeah. is like a oh well if we ever need anything that doesn't make sense, speed force so Speed Force like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> But I like the flash in general. Um But, yeah, I didn't read
1: that shit. Yeah. There's a great meme that's out there about the TV show Flash, and that's the picture of Frank Gustin or whatever. And I think he's talking to his dad or to the old Flash dude who's like, hey, here's the timeline. And (laughs) the meme is like, Flash, like, yeah, I'm going to fuck it. Like, no, you can't (laughs) do that. He's like, no, I'm about to fuck it. (laughs)
0: That's a great meme. Oh, my God. And I die every
1: time it pops up so yeah yeah good job people at dc whoever's writing the flash i didn't even look at to see who were the writers or whatever but good job all right transition transitioned from dc metahumans to the mutants uh we have no throwback thursday x-men story but we do have the conclusion of the phoenix saga now brother beavis you text me um I think it was yesterday, we were going over the order of the books that we were going to read, and you were like, hey, should I read Phoenix Number 5? And I think my direct quote would to you... I wouldn't, was, I, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't buy that shit. I wouldn't buy that shit. I read some recaps. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. yeah it, I mean... Yeah. You got to go to four before you can get to five, and I think I had sent out screen caps about that, too, like on Twitter and whatnot. Maybe I sent them to y'all. Uh, essentially... Yeah, yeah essentially... The Phoenix uh, entity. Um, this is through issue four. The Phoenix entity has uh, raised up Jean from the dead and created this uh, bubble out in. I think they're in New Mexico or Arizona. I don't really remember now. But and and basically, it's trying to get Jean to the point where she wants to re-merge with the the Phoenix entity God effect, whatever to it to be able to, you know, rise again, destroy the world, or do whatever the hell that the Phoenix wants to do. That's basically yeah. what it is. So we have a resurrection story of Jean Grey. So all the X-Men teams, and that means all of them, from X-Force to Blue to Gold, um, whoever, they all make their way to Arizona Phoenix and outside the bubble. And once they make their way in after fighting Dooms or whatever, and four, it's made the decision by Kitty that Old Man Logan has to go in and kill Jean Oh wait, and like, I
3: think they have to they have to split up into groups and fight overwhelming threats separately. Is that is yeah. that a part of yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Just don't to get that on the <laughs> table. Because <laughs> yeah, of, that's gonna be a recurring yeah. theme.
1: Yeah, exactly. So yeah. um they do that and old, Logan, old man Logan gets sent into the uh to the to the diner, to Male's diner to go and uh, you know, get Gene. And if they can if he can rescue her, great, and if not, he needs the killer. And he's the only one that can do it, or they think that he's the only one that can do it. Um, it you know, and, uh, ahead of Scott
3: because they were going to send like teenage Scott in there, but they were like, no, that's not going to work. Something. That's probably bad that, idea. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, probably.
3: Is regular Logan is he's back, but he's, back, but he's not with the X Men yet,
2: right?
0: they not yeah, officially as, back.
2: Uh, yeah, he's yeah. To he's just a an infinity gem, from what I've seen. Yeah. every time they show him. Yeah, and it's been and
1: that story is being told in like. Uh, like B sides of um, like certain books, like where he is and how that's happening. Not in X books, which makes literally no sense. But whatever, man. Um, <laughs> so he uh, so in that there was a really good shot. And I think I did send that to y'all, where the Phoenix effect is sitting on top of the diner as Logan's yeah. going in.
0: It's a great shot. Yeah, and mine,
1: mine is what I feel about this series and the book. Uh, the artwork has been, I thought, pretty decent. So. Logan goes in, This now we start the issue five, Logan goes in, uh, Gene, you need to remember, you know, he orders a cup of coffee, you know, I think we know each other, like those types of conversations, and then the character that has been manipulating Gene, which is the Phoenix, it's in the form of a grown version of Annie Richardson, which was the lady, the girl that was killed by the car when Gene's powers originally manifested. Uh, it's coming in, like, hey, mister, you know, you need to get your food to go, it's time to leave or whatever. And then Wolverine, like, literally hacks, like, almost her neck off in a fairly gruesome mm-hmm. shot Um, and gets her to the ground. It's like, you know, Jean, you know, she kind of remembers now. And as things start to, you know, kind of go back to normal, she kind of pops out, not kind of, she pops out in this, it's like a black Phoenix uniform,
0: but yeah, the, right. the
1: Phoenix is red. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. kind of interesting in that sense. And, um, you know, I mean, that's pretty much it. She comes outside to see all the x She remembers pretty much everybody except for teenage Scott. Like, why are you so young? And then the Phoenix effect is uh, trying to manipulate the situation to get Gene. Like, we could be gods. If we merge together, we could be gods. And you could have everything that you would possibly want. And, you know, and and she resurrects, like, racer X, you know, killer of Professor Xavier Scott. And it's just like, wow, um, yeah, you're here. Uh, you know, I thought I, I was dead. Like, well, I was dead too. We were probably better off dead. And uh, that that was the like the straw that broke the back for Gene. It was like, you know what? We can't. I can't do this. You can't keep bringing me back. It's really like a hey, it's not you, it's me speech that Gene gives to <laughs> the Phoenix. You know, it's not you. It's it's me. You know, we can't be together because of me. That's basically what it is. And you really should move on. And literally, the artist is drawing the phoenix effect, like crying and shit. It's like yeah, looking at her is. like,
0: oh, "Oh, but really, we can't be together." Yeah, I thought yeah we were it's, all, together. it's all I sad looking.
2: It's, it's actually yeah. funny. I was of you. Yeah. I don't. it's yeah, it's weird.
1: Um, and it's begins and it is the speech that Gene gives the thing, um, the phoenix it goes on, the 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 effect starts to shrink and starts to dissolve essentially to where it's actually lined up being nothing. And so Scott winds up being dead again. And it was a really gruesome shot of his freaking corpse out body at the end of that. Scene. Yeah. i like, damn yeah. you couldn't have took his ass with you when you left 'cause um what are we supposed to do with this dead body? And um <laughs> And and that and that's pretty much it, really. You know, uh, she goes away. They she even brought back the Phoenix, resurrected her parents too. It's like, hey, you know, we could whatever you want. We could have if you just merge with me again. And she doesn't want to do that. And that's that pretty much it. She goes away, and this leads to X Men Red, which debuts next week. So. It's yeah. something that we said before. This story could have been told in a giant-sized one-side, one issue, and it could have been told completely. It did not need five issues at $4.99 a piece, uh which is yeah. why I told Brother Beavers don't buy that shit. So Gene yeah. um, Gray is back. Yay. Uh, it, I mean, mm-hmm. besides the recap, I mean, Sam, man, I think you read it. What did you think?
0: I
2: basically what you just said, Yeah. Four or five issues of her work, uh, working in this uh, other world diner and shit. I mean, what the fuck was that all about? And that was <laughs> unnecessary. <laughs> I could have dealt without all that. I could have got my damn uh, half hour forty five minutes of time that I wasted waiting that shit back. And um, yeah, I, I don't know why 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 do it like this? It's just bizarre. And another thing, I wasn't. Why does she now have a choice with the Phoenix? It's pretty much. Yeah. The, every other time just forced itself upon whoever the hell it he wanted to, to merge with, and, you know, then consequences would be damned. Now, all of a sudden, she just could say no, and it's like, oh, okay, goodbye. And that's basically what happened.
0: <laughs> so I thought, okay, yeah.
2: that's, that doesn't really make any sense.
0: Yeah, the, the story. It was,
1: yeah. The, the story becomes how, what's the over-under on the Phoenix coming back in terms of issues? That, that that's basically what it is, like mm, right. because whoever's writing that's not going to be able to control themselves to from bringing it back, brother. Beaver. So
0: how long yeah.
3: before the how long before the Phoenix makes its reappearance? Yeah, I mean, I think what I would ex where where I would expect them to go is before the Phoenix comes back and and either gets with Jean Gray or somebody else. it comes back like the jilted girlfriend. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and goes, it becomes a, a villain of a major crossover. Uh, mm-hmm. Right. I think they'll probably try and squeeze that in. I, I like the idea of like them. It, you know, it's. I hope it could stick. I don't have any expectation it would, but like the idea that like you know, Jean Grey is a complicated figure largely because of her relationship with the Phoenix, and everybody loves Jean Grey. Everybody's afraid of the Phoenix. So. Irrevocably separating them opens up to like actually get you know start off again with Jean Grey and tell that character's story aside from the Phoenix, which has dominated everything she's done for the last however many years. So it's I'm not up. I I like where they where they've brought it to. It you know I didn't it it wasn't twenty dollars worth of story obviously, but
0: um, (laughs) I like where they
3: brought it to, and I hope they can. I hope they can. They can. Keep themselves from just going right back to the well. You know
1: the Jean Grey comic book, which ended, of course, because they're bringing another Jean Grey comic book in uh, with teenage Jean Grey. Even though it had hints of the, because it's always hanging over everything, that that book focusing just kind of on the character of Jean Grey as opposed to focusing on how the Phoenix has affected her life. Um, had it, you know, it had its good run, you know, it, you know, there were some quality issues in there. Yeah, there was, was some quality bad. issues in there. Um, and I think, you know, that might be a good place to lead, you know, given her own book with her own team. I I, I don't know if that's where the direction I would have gone in, you know, but, uh, you know, it, it, there has to be a story at some point in some time, because I really thought they were going to do it there, where they're going to bring back, racer x or whichever version of psychops anyway so Mm -hmm. i I would imagine that'll be attached to the phoenix as well um cynical me tells me okay so we have the phoenix gene gray or whatever back in the comic books and in november we have a x-men movie with gene gray slash the phoenix as the focus of um the movie so you can't have that character be dead and then have this movie. So uh, that's why they like, she's getting brought back. And I kind of think maybe around October or so, we will see a reappearance of the Phoenix of some sort ahead of the movie. That's my guess. So um, Yeah, it was butt cheeks, though. The whole series in and of itself it could have been told in probably 35 pages. And yeah. the same story could have been told. The rest of it was just total shit. So, yeah. <laughs> Not not a good not a good look, Phoenix folks. Uh, all right. All right, and speaking of not good looks, let's get into... Uh, now, we just ended our Champions Avengers crossover event. Now, what was that shit called? Worlds Collide, correct? I think that's what it was. I think um, so. Yeah, that was, uh, shit, eight issues between both books. So four months' worth of stories uh, between the Champions and the Avengers as they took on the High Evolutionary in a story that was really not worth anything it, it you know it, it it was what it was it wasn't that great so now you would think okay well let's tell a smaller ex, uh, you know avengers story as we you know transition to of one cataclysmic event let's slide into you know a smaller story nope nope go straight <laughs> to another world ain't an event like straight into it, not a, a break or a pause or anything like that whatsoever.
3: So, Avengers
1: six seventy five and six seventy six. Now, these are the first two issues of No Surrender. It has come out every week though for the past month. So, there's actually it's gone up to what I guess a six seventy eight, and I've read them all. Uh, who got a chance to read any of these? I, read I got to really got through. Yeah, I only got through like half the first one. Which ones you get, Brother Beavis? The first two. The first two. Okay, so, all right. So, basically, uh, basically let's start off here, and I, I put that in the notes, Brother Beavis. There's a bunch of Avengers teams that I didn't know, and we can pause real quick and be like, you know, I was pretty much out of comic books, you know, because of children. Um, like, I, the new Avengers was about the time that I was out, uh, which I think was after... Um, the Avengers disassemble or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so, yeah. so I got back to the new Avengers when Spider-Man and Wolverine were being Avengers and stuff, but that was pretty much it. So in that, yeah. that seven or eight-year break in between there, I haven't really picked up any Avengers books. So there's multiple Avengers teams, and three of them, I think, in this, in this
3: uh, series itself. So go over each team for me, sir. All right. Um, yeah, and so... The interesting thing about the new Avengers was when, it's, when the Avengers started in the 60s, they basically took some of the mainstream characters from different books and said, well, what if we had a book like that where they were all together? And so I think they they made the realization of like, hey, why don't we do that again? And that's why you have Cage and Spider-Man and, and Wolverine You know now are the Avengers. And I, and I think it was kind of maybe weird at the time, but I get it, and it's fine. So I think, so I'm not super up on a lot of this either, but I think a lot of this stems from when, uh, after the first Civil War, they had the 50 States Initiative, where they tried to put an Avengers team in every state, because we had the, the Great Lake Avengers, they, well, we started we had the East Coast and the West Coast, and they had the Great Lake Avengers, which was kind of a joke, and then, so they went, they basically tried to put one in every state, and you that that is not a very deep barrel, and uh you certainly cannot <laughs> populate fifty teams uh worth of avengers and as I'm looking uh at the back page where they actually give you a breakdown, you can't populate three teams uh with and, and, and it just makes no sense uh, wow. so as as I'm reading it we have so the the mainstream Avengers is uh Falcon who. You know, so it used to be Falcon as Captain America, um Jane Foster as Thor, um who, do they have a stand in for our, yeah, yeah. Uh, did they have Riri Williams? She, they had stand ins for the main characters. That,
0: so okay.
3: but now Falcon's back to Falcon. We have Thor, Hercules, who as I was reading this, I was like, God, Hercules sucks. Why does he even <laughs> comic books? The Vision, Wasp, and the funny thing is they have to subtitle everybody because it's like Wasp, but it's Nadia Vance. Not really Wasp.
0: Thor, but it's
3: Jane Foster. Foster. It is actually Spider-Man, Peter Parker. So that's the mainstream team, which sort of continues that new Avengers theme. Then you have the Unity Squad, which was after Avengers versus X-Men, an effort to get Avengers and mutants because they're so different. Because you can't have if you have powers from a gene that just makes no sense. So you have the Unity (laughs) Squad, which is Rogue, uh, the the OG Wasp, uh, Doctor Voodoo, Human Torch, Beast, Mm -hmm. Wonder Man, Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver, and Synapse. Who I don't know who that is.
1: So
0: you basically have
3: yeah I don't know. So you have this combination of Avengers, sort of I guess Wasp and and Wonder Man. And like the mutants. And there's an overlap there because Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. I don't know if we call them mutants anymore or not. Yeah. All right. Mm. So I'm okay up to that point. Now we have the U.S. Avengers, which is more akin to the 50 States Avengers. And this shit makes no sense. Yeah. So <laughs> we have yeah. Citizen V. And really, I only know half of this because they they put the, the roster at the end. Citizen V, which was the name of the character that Baron Zemo portrayed in the Thunderbolts when they came out after all the heroes disappeared. But this is not Baron Zemo. This is Roberto da Costa, also known as Sunspot. Somehow, yeah. he has hair like Rogue. He dresses like Tony Stark. He's named after another character, and I didn't see him use his Sunspot powers. So I have no idea what the fuck is going on there. Cannonball, who sucks. I mean... They, they, he, he tried to get like he should have never. They should have never taken him off Thursday Nitro. Uh, yeah. he's, he's still wearing the fucking blasting goggles. I, really? I wow! All right, then there's a Red Hulk who's not really a Hulk, but he's a crotchety general who uses weapons. Red Hulk also sucks. Um, <laughs> then Thank you have. You. Iron Patriot, who I did not see in armor throughout this, who is apparently the descendant of uh, Ho Yinson, who made the original Iron Man, armor, which Man, we Iron only Man. know because we watched the movie. Um, yeah. And so she's the new <laughs> Iron Patriot. Enigma, who I have no idea who the fuck that is. And then, look, I know a lot of people like Squirrel Girl. And yeah, I, I, I'm not I, one of them. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I think... She's fine for what she is in her book. I don't think you can take Squirrel Girl and put her next to the Vision and Rogue and Wonder Man and and believably no. say she's like powerful. Like, yeah, she's beat Thanos and Deadpool and whatever. Yeah, that's in her book. I, I don't, I don't think I, I
2: don't get that. Can't take her seriously. Sorry. Yeah.
3: And then there's Hawkeye, Red Wolf, uh, oh, the Living Lightning, who was. Living Lightning comes from an era where they were, um, I guess he's a West Coast Avengers, but the the thing with the Avengers was that they would always, like, you would have the core team, and they would introduce a new character who was a new hero who would always be, like, in awe of the team and didn't feel like he was worthy or she was worthy, and then would finally, like, prove herself or himself and then, like, decide to leave the team. Like, well, now I know I can do it, but so now I can decide to go and do something else. And they they went through that cycle a lot. And the Living Lightning uh, is one of those people from back in the day. Um, he is a person
2: of color? Um, I think he's – I thought he was Asian or something. I don't know. I can't No,
0: remember. he's – I don't think he's color.
3: He's <laughs> – I don't know. He's some sort of Hispanic or Latino, and I don't know he yeah. And he's also gay. So, yeah, he's gay, um, yeah. And he's been, I don't, I assume he has not been in the story for very long. And he sort of portrays like, I used to be an Avenger, why didn't I do that, whatever. But he gets caught. So, yeah, that's, it's just too many characters. And there's too many bad characters in it, is the bottom
0: line.
1: Yeah. As the story goes, um, somebody has moved the earth. Um, that's not a cataclysmic enough event for you. Um, <laughs> somebody where it just almost collided with another Earth too, just literally two weeks ago. Like you can't catch a break, Earth. Earth literally can't catch a break. And somebody's moved to Earth. Uh, Carol Danvers and uh, and I, I, this was something new too. This freaking Alpha Flight base, where I guess they got the members of Alpha Flight like in they, space base working on they a. They base. Were,
3: yeah, they were fifty staters too. There was an Alpha Flight team. They're back from Canada? I thought they got killed. They got killed in, like, M-Day or something like that. They were like, oh, Alpha Flight, they got killed, like, off panel. They got killed, like, Scott Summers in X-Men Last Dance style. And now they're all still here, so. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe that's the only place they can keep them before they
1: infiltrate and Infect another book with suckiness. <laughs> um, so they're stuck up there. Carol's like, the earth is gone, uh, Carol Dan's like it's, it's gone. I don't know what happened to it. Everything goes crazy. Chaos in the skies. People are, you know, there's floods. and There's just a bunch of craziness going on in 675, and each Avengers team is out trying to stop it in their own special way. Jarvis winds up getting hurt while he's out with fake-ass wasp.
0: And, Wait, we, um, you
1: skipped it,
3: yeah. because I know he's your boy. Wait, what? Who? Falcon, on the opening panel. uh Cataclysm strikes. Yeah, he's when he's flying around.
0: Redwood, clear the area. And the fucking bird yeah. swoops down like, ah! What is are we going to do? Yeah. Like they're like all oh, these cars flying and shit's falling. goddamn birds attacking me. What the yeah. fuck is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, That panel got a uh, yeah uh, a, a uh, eyebrow. Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, uh, look, up, man,
1: <laughs> we're grading on the curve with Falcon now. We, literally. like literally. Yeah, we have to grade oh, on the curve.
3: So but they're um, trying to hype up his bird powers now.
1: Okay. yeah I, you know, yeah, it's coming kind of, oh, you know you you've seen my notes man
0: <laughs> yeah my notes yeah
1: so um yeah we're getting to that too but yes falcon is the leader of this freaking shit show at this point um there's avengers fighting and trying to rescue people and then out of nowhere a bunch of the heroes get frozen there's even a throwaway panel with the x-men they get frozen too and you know they send out a priority call, which brings out all these rank Avengers that Brother Beavis just went over and gave to us. And as they're, you know, kind of plotting their plan, they're like, "Oh, wait a minute! This is what sent me over the edge today." By the way, oh well, she finally, he, fi- she finally returns, and they look up, and then that issue ends, and then, or excuse me, they do, they do give the reveal. It's, um, I, I, I called her Vector, I think, in the text I sent y'all before. I was like, "That's the yeah, dude." Some other movie. Uh, from yeah, that Direction and movie. Purpose. Yeah. Yes. know it's Voyager. Uh, and they're like, oh, yeah, everybody knows Voyager. And I'm literally looking at this as if I might have had early onset.
0: I was like, fuck. <laughs> i <I'm losing laughs> my mind. <laughs> I have literally oh. taken a portion of my brain, and I have totally forgotten about this.
1: I'm like, man, how did I forget about Voyager?
0: Puck,
1: what, what did I miss? I was like, I know I didn't read these books for eight years, but I would imagine. And then I'm thinking to myself, yellow costume. This looks like goddamn Girl Century, which is the same dumb shit that they did, where they yep. put some character in there that we would never seen before. Like, oh, yeah, everybody, you know, but a story happened and everybody's memory of that person was lost or whatever. I'm motherfuckers. Like,
0: oh, <laughs> you know.
3: Yeah, the Century story was like, he was this, he was the the he had this antithesis of this terrible power and he had to like he had to like sort of disappear in order to defeat it but he tricked his own mind into becoming this comic book writer and he wrote the story of centuries so he wouldn't be forgotten yeah
0: Yeah. what almighty
3: this is this is going this yeah this is going to end very similarly
1: because I'm like... And it's so funny when they get them all together and, and Falcon, he almost does, like, freaking kind of coon face, like, y'all don't know who Voyager is? What? <laughs> uh, so it was bad. It's just bad. It's a dumb plot device. Uh, This is a fucking Marvel moment. Like, for real. Like, what are you doing here? Like, uh, this is not necessary. You didn't need to do this. You could have told this story or whatever because her purpose or whatever... Moving forward isn't going to be told in this story because you can't. It's just too it's too complicated to be able to tell that story and this freaking world ending event that you're trying to change, tell at the same time. So, whatever. Six seventy six is um uh, them trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, the magic and Doc or what magic? Uh, what Wanda and Doctor Voodoo are trying to use magic to figure it out. There's Falcon. Like, oh, I'm talking to the birds, and, you know, the birds are going a little bit crazy. I can't really see what's going on. Oh, my God. <clears throat> I've been talking to the birds again, man. He's talking to the birds. <clears throat> oh, Lord. Terrible. And as we move forward in this, like, his leadership ability is completely questioned. Like, the confident, and, he, and, and again, having read uh, Sam Wilson, Captain America, he was never uh, fully comfortable in his role as Captain America and leader of all this stuff but he wasn't this freaking chicken shit nigga right here. Like, oh, I don't know what to do. What do y'all think we should do? I don't know. Uh, you know like, he's like, he can't make a decision to save his life. And the decisions that he makes now are all jacked up. So you know there's going to be an issue here where he just freaking gives up his, you know, his leadership because, you know, mm-hmm. I don't think I'm like the right person for the job. Like, you know this is common. Let me give it to somebody that's highly,
0: you know, way
1: less qualified to me to lead the freaking team. So whatever. So,
0: mm.
1: again, chaos is all over the world. Uh, In Egypt, and is it Egypt? Yeah. The Black Order, which I think is Thanos' goon squad, and the yeah. Lethal Legion, which I don't know yeah. anything about. Um, They all appear, and then they start fighting each other, and, you know, they have to figure out, they shouldn't be fighting each other, or a voice tells them from the sky, no, you have to take out the designated whoever obstacles first. And so they kind of go away. Like, I don't really know much about like the uh, black order. I do know they're going to be in Avengers infinity War, at least on the trailer or whatever it looks like. Yeah. And, um, like, I, I don't know. It's just like some pure comic book stuff, but it just, there's no, there's no time for you to process it because everything's moving so freaking fast. Like, it's just like, Hey, we're gonna do all this and it's going really fast and all these other things are going on I mean, you can't there's no weight to it, I guess is what I'm saying, saying, man. And I think you read this one too. Do you feel did you feel like, oh man, I'm I'm feeling emotionally invested in this? Maybe it's just me. I could just be, you know, angry from reading it.
2: Man, I I didn't know what the hell is going on in this book. <laughs> it's just <laughs> they seem to just be repeating themselves with these all these world ending uh cataclysms that keep showing up. I don't know any the the teams are just a bunch of mofo's. I don't care about. It's just, it's just a mess. I don't care about this stuff. I mean, I don't care about any of this stuff. This is ridiculous. And I just, um, it's like they're desperate. They're just throwing what stories against the wall uh, that seem like they're supposed to be, you know, gigantic and like, oh, we they're Avengers. We have to, we have to take care of these gigantic problems, and and that's all they they keep repeating it over and over again. And it's just uninteresting to me. I don't care at all. It's just we, bad. Are, we are
1: about six months into marvel legacy doesn't seem like it but we are um wow what have they done to advance whatever this fucking legacy story what is the legacy story brother people yeah like seriously <laughs> yeah.
0: what was the
1: re- it was supposed to be the return of the traditional
0: slash white lineup
1: yes and the uh, which, With Avengers being the flagship book for that, they haven't done anything. They're coming off one crossover to now doing essentially another crossover with the other Avengers books. Like, what? what is the legacy story? And I got into it with some people. Not got into it, but a discussion on Twitter was like, you know, when they started the um, rebirth, you know, they had that story that was telling, even though it's taking some time for them to get to this freaking doomsday clock thing. It's taking them some time, but there was that underlying thread that was going through the books. There's no underlying thread to this. Like, what what is the
0: legacy?
3: Right. I I, I, just... I don't know.
0: Okay. I, uh,
3: I I've seen like what they what it seems to be. They're trying to do is they want to tell these still big stories in four or five issue arcs with a lot of crossovers, and they're they're just they're always so big and complicated with too many characters that it just, it's dumb. And they just, yeah. they need to go small. And I think there could be a place for this stuff. And, you know, they could run like a a rebirth book that tells these stories that weaves back and forth between all the books, and that would be fine. But if it's not supported by the sort of small-scale digestible books, it's pointless. And yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, the Black did. Order is like, they are like a quintessential 2000s creation. They're all mm-hmm. like, you know, powerful yeah. enough to take out a whole team. And they're mm-hmm. all emo and they have weapons and they will make mm-hmm. good action figures. And this mm-hmm. is the sort of thing that's starting to make me nervous about Infinity War because it's going to be, we've got a billion characters and we've got to mm-hmm. split up and fight each one of these sorry-ass people individually and, and we got to collect these six things so we can make i mean the, the type of story that they're just butchering in these books is basically the story they're about to tell in the movies yeah I, I think this
1: the artifact that they're chasing here is a, a, a pyramid is what they called it and i'm like uh i like brother beavis's MacGuffin better they could have yeah. just called it a mcguffin yeah and <laughs> it, they're chasing this thing and you know 676 ends with the Black Order destroying the Avengers Mansion and I read the other two books um, I mean we're I mean, we're just gonna get through them because we're, next time we talk about there's gonna be the fucking conclusion
3: um, well, but you you know they're probably safe because Falcon used his bird powers in
0: advance
3: <laughs> yeah yeah um, all <laughs> <yeah. laughs> Avengers
0: need to get out of the Avengers Mansion <laughs> Oh uh, so <laughs> a, That's a classic call back to
1: the Falcon podcast. Go back to look it up, folks. Um uh six seventy seven is um they, they were teleported out of the mansion, actually, by um uh Vector. No. Oh Voyager. so his so his bird powers didn't save him. No, not this time. <laughs> uh, it was Quicksilver tried to save him first because his powers let him hear like the blaster that was coming, but he couldn't save everybody. But Vector could use, because she can teleport, and she could teleport she large groups of people. Of course she can. And she could teleport large groups of people, and she teleported them to this um, secret base that was in, like, Avengers number, like, 7 in 1965, that nobody else would know about except her, because she was an original original. Mm-hmm. Get the fuck out of here
0: with this Get bullshit. Shit. I Nigga.
1: I was like, man. <laughs> <laughs> And so, of course, behind this whole thing, again, because we need movie tie-ins, it's the Grand uh, Master. The Grand Master is behind this whole thing. Yes, the Grand Master and an unknown opponent. They're playing a game. They sent out the Black Order and the Lethal Legion. They pick up these MacGuffins, and um, they have to clear the Avengers out of the way first. And whoever, you know, team, one of them has the Lethal Legion. The other one has the uh, the Black Order. And, um... That mean, that's basically it. So they split the teams up to go fight in two different areas again. Of course. Uh, somebody, yeah, somebody goes to Peru. Somebody else goes to uh, maybe Rome or something. I don't know. So let's, wow. uh, right, let me tell this group story. Okay. Uh, and you might not know this from Brother B. This is more of a West Day thing. Um, okay. So when we were kids, because uh, this came up in our NBA podcast this past week, Um, Find that show, by the way. Um, There was a thing when we used to pick teams or whatever. So everybody's, you know, all right, we're going to pick sports. We're going to play kickball, basketball, football, whatever we're going to play. All right, so whoever got a chance to pick. So if somehow you were able to pick well enough or maybe somebody showed up late or whatever, and so you get, like, all the tall kids for basketball or all the fast kids for football or whatever for your team, it was known as your team had what we call the comp. Okay, so you had all oh, the competition. Right. So, oh, shit, y'all got the comp. You got to split the team up because you can't have all these fast motherfuckers, and I got all these, you know, backs. Okay, so you got the comp. All right, so um, look at these teams and tell me who got the comp. Falcon goes to Peru with Red Hulk, c Human Torch, and Wonder Man, who is now a pacifist that don't fight nobody.
0: <laughs>
1: team Rogue. Team Rogue has Thor, Hercules, Living Lightning, oh. and oh. Cannonball. Yeah. Uh, who got the comp?
2: Uh, number two.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah Falcon no. should have been like, hey, <laughs> if they could have written a panel where Falcon was like, hey, y'all niggas got the comp. I <laughs> <laughs> literally went out and and, <laughs> and bought a, a Falcon figure, a, a statue. of some sorry. They got, oh my they got God. the comp. So, yeah. And then no Quicksilver doesn't get a chance to go, and Voodoo and, and Scarlet Witch, who were probably two of the most powerful mofos there, they're like, no, nah, we're going to try to figure out the Unfrozen folks. Um, no, give me Scarlet Witch
0: because um,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. she
1: can fix all of this. It might not work out the way we want it to, but she can fix it. So uh, Quicksilver gets mad. There's some event that had happened between Rogue. because I guess he was on Unity Squad, and something happened where he, Uh, The team doesn't trust him anymore, so Rogue wouldn't take him on his team. Uh, Of course, Pietro broods about it, and um, that that was pretty much all of 667, 678. uh, The Human Torch is narrating this book, and he's just like, man, Falcon sucks as a leader. Like, Reed would have had this shit figured out in all this time, blah, 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 blah. Like, oh, oh well, he's going to make poor decisions, blah, 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 you know, everything like that. And there's and it's all really just comic book fighting at this point in time. You know they're trying to get this the freaking pyramid, um, and they find out like when one of the lethal legion reaches in to get the pyramid, it disintegrates him uh, completely. And then Rogue realizes like ooh, well if that you touch that thing you get disintegrated. Um, nobody should do that over there. So Living Lightning starts heading to Mexico or Peru, whichever the opposite one of where they were, and he or Rogue. And he flies over there. And, of course, between the Hulk and the Red Hulk and the Human Torch, they're like, oh, oh, if we grab that, then everything ends. And so the Human Torch grabs it, and that ends 678. That's pretty much the whole issue. Not a whole lot of um, uh, exposition wow. or storytelling really going on. A Voyager wow. gets tired when she teleports a bunch of people, so she couldn't teleport somebody from the one battle site to the other. That's basically it. This is terrible. I'm sorry. That's all. Um, that's all. This is terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. Rushed, freaking two thousand storytelling. No, no, no weight to it. No real emotion to it. Just rawr, fighting and
0: characters. And so much of it comes about. out of
1: the blue. Yeah. yeah. It's just. I mean, it, and, it's and again. Yeah, and there's the movie tie-in. Like, oh well, we had the you know the Grandmaster or whatever in the door, so of course we got to put him in the comic book now because you know, and the design of the Grandmaster's changed. It doesn't look like Jeff Kober or anything like that. But I mean, this yeah. is bad. Okay, this is bad, 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 bad. Mm-hmm. bad. This literally makes uh, World Collide look like original Secret Wars. It's that bad to me. Like, this is no no storytelling at all. You really have a two... Grandmaster is a terrible freaking uh,
2: villain. A terrible villain. Just
1: all, terrible. all the
2: all the elders of the universe are pretty much bad. Yeah,
1: they're awful. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, not to say, but straight comic book characters, they're straight comic book characters. There's really no character anything to them at all. So, yeah, I mean, that's it. And I don't know how much longer this is going to go on. It's come on for four issues already at once a week. And there was, it didn't seem that there was any appearance that it was going to stop anytime soon. So it's probably got at least two more issues to it. And then what's going to happen at the end, Brother Beavis? Like, oh, yeah, well, we say the so, <laughs>
0: earth.
2: On to the next world, world-shattering event. Yeah. yeah pretty uh, much. Uh, Some bad writing, man. That's bad. Yeah.
1: And this yeah. is like Wade.
2: This is Mark Wade. And I think it's Al. Not Al Ewing. Uh, it's Mark Wade is
1: the part of this. thing. Hey. He's not a bad writer most of the time. Uh Ooh, but uh, this is not good. This is that's not that's bad. um <laughs> yeah. so yeah, um um I mean again we we'll talk about it at the conclusion kinda like we did Worlds Collide. But it just goes on three or four more issues I and mean, then I'll read it because I have to, but uh whatever. So yeah. All right. Yeah. Not good. Not good folks. Alright, so yeah, if you're thinking about getting no surrender, don't. That would be my recommendation. Um, if you want to wait to a trade paperback, go right ahead. I don't really think it would be worth the paper that's printed on. But, um, yeah, this is not a great Avengers story. I'm still waiting for them to get back to the point of, you know, having these original heroes. Captain America makes a brief, stupid brief appearance in this thing, just like one panel. Like, oh, yeah, and then he gets frozen and that's it. That remember
3: you know. That pissed me yeah. off, too, because he was like, oh, I don't really do this world-solving stuff. I'm like, bullshit. Well, he no, was the last standing against Thanos in the fucking Infinity Gauntlet.
0: Yeah, exactly. Fuck that, yeah. I
1: don't
3: save the world. Fuck, that's that pissed me
1: yeah. off. Yeah, exactly. And, again, he was bested by the one thing that he's completely vulnerable to. Ice. Oh, frozen. Ice, frozen yeah. oh. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> he cannot fuck with ice. Man. He can't fuck with anything that freezes him. So... All right, so yeah, that was, so that wraps up that portion of the show. And this got to be—I I told y'all I was gonna be mad about this on the beginning. Once I read it, I was like, okay. And then I started reading it more, and I'm like getting the notes for the show. i just like, mm, this isn't very good. And I'm kind of mad now that I had to spend time reading it twice. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that. All right, so we we'll start to wrap up uh, episode two here of the Marvel hacks of season two. Uh, we'll play it out real quick on air. Like, we need a next story for our throwback Thursday for the X-Men. And I know we talked about this a little via via tax. I'm not sure of the the next kind of cataclysmic event that will happen at the X-Men after Inferno. Uh, you know, I know that uh, in about 12 issues, Jim Lee is going to come onto the book, but that's not really an event. That's just like a, a, a moment in history for the X-Men. So can you think of any stories that are in between Two forty whatever we just left and
3: two
1: or two uh, yeah two fifty two or two sixty two or whatever where he takes over. Can you well, think of any event or comes before or after it?
3: So I was I was kind of scrolling through it today. Um, the next major crossover is the Extinction Agenda, right? Yeah. But the the thing is between with the books in between Inferno, there is where they really start to deconstruct the X Men team, and there's. There's like not more than two or three X-Men in uh, many of the stories. So they have there's a there's a story involving the uh, Jubilee and Wolverine where they hook up with Psylocke, the new the new form of Psylocke that runs mm-hmm. through several issues, and that's in Rapport. There is a setup for the Muir Island saga uh, with the uh, Freedom Force, the Death of Destiny. Um, the Reavers, and there's a really, like, really terrible Mirror Island X-Men team with, like, Forge and Strong Guy. It's a lot of, it's it's some of of the people that end up in the various teams after the split. So we could either do, like, a recap of what got us here. I think probably the most significant part of it is maybe the Wolverine thing. But you have the Siege Perilous story. Rogue has an arc where that's, like, one of the first books I bought was where she's dealing with. They're dealing with uh, the the Savage Land. Uh, yeah, that and Dianne Dianne and Magneto. You know. Dianne, so and yeah, those so
2: there's,
0: there's, those were
3: decent stories. <laughs> yeah. So there's a there's several stories, but they're not continuous. So we could cherry no. we could pull out the different issues and sort of walk through like maybe we do. We could do a what's Wolverine been up to? What's Rogue been up to? And what's the rest of
2: these ranks been up to? Yeah. Yeah, I would say the the story with Wolverine and the Reavers, or the Zayla Dane Magneto and rogue uh, stories, are two uh, decent ones we could do. All right,
0: all right. So
1: we'll we'll come up with that, you know, to kind of check back in because those stories are, you know, you know, we get into this idea of like, hey, you know, we can see some quality storytelling with some emotion and some depth and you know, you don't get a lot of that out of modern comics anymore. It would uh, be kind of hypocritical to
3: breeze past that for the next overblown crossover that makes little sense yeah. until the last episode. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, no kidding.
1: Yeah, and, and, and Extinction Agenda is literally one of my least favorite X-Men crossover stories. Uh, I will... I will, yeah, It is going to take some dedication for me to get through those books because mm, there's a couple of crappy ones in there. Uh, so. All right. So, all right. So, we'll, gradually for our throwback Thursday. We'll start to chomp through some of those X-Men titles. Um, and let's see, Brothers Comics Business. Uh, we got uh, Comic-Con Revolution here coming up on February twenty-four. I want to say. I think that's what it is in West Palm Beach. Uh, media credentialed for that event. Um, and Chris Claremont's going to be there. Uh, I'm not sure if he's paneling or if he's doing anything like that. Um, but... Um, did you see there's a Chris Claremont documentary in the works? I did see that. It's, yeah, it's, really? You know, I think it's I think it's already almost done or it is it done. Is. Like it's just waiting for a distribution. Yeah, and he talks a lot about, you know, his time on the X Men. Uh so yeah, I did see that. It looks really good. Uh mm-hmm. it was definitely something that I if I get close enough to him, I'm going to ask him about. Um I did uh I have been in contact with the media people, press people at this con and they're like, Hey yeah, tell us who the people you want to talk to and we'll set it up. I'm like, Oh
0: So, um, I know who's
1: at the top of that list. Um, so, I'm going to try to, you know, get, you know, I mean, I know if I get him for 10 minutes, I'm going to get him for 50, because he's not going to be able to answer a question in 10 minutes. So, um, yeah, Yeah. so looking forward to to Comic-Con Revolution, West Palm Beach. Uh, I think that's the only real thing that's coming up anytime soon. So, yeah, so good looking out. Uh, hey, remember, you'll be able to find the Marvel Hacks podcast on, um, all your favorite, um, Podcast and apps. We just added a couple of them today. Uh, if you listen to Google Play, and I did this um, on my Google Home, it's like, "Hey Google, play the Brothers Comics podcast," and it tells you, and it'll play it right out of freaking Google Play. So, hey, if you uh, if you have a uh, Google Home, we are found on the Google Play Store under Brothers Comics uh, on the TuneIn app now, or listen on the TuneIn app. And uh the standards uh Stitcher, SoundCloud, uh, Apple Podcast, uh, Podbean, um, any of your streaming apps, you'll be able to find the podcast there, rate, review, subscribe, the whole nine yards. Uh this podcast is part of the Brothers Commons Podcasting Network, uh, find the show, find your life. Um, has to be something for everybody there. Now normally we would record with these gentlemen our Game of Thrones podcast on Sunday, but there's this stupid game. Gonna be playing <laughs> that night. Uh, <laughs> that I don't really care two shits about. Uh, I guess in terms of pure whatever, male whatever, we have to make Super Bowl predictions. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the Patriots are gonna win, but I, I really don't care one way or the other. Uh, who you
2: got saying man uh, No, I I can't pick against Tom Brady. I I really wish somebody else other than him would win, but it's not yeah It's gonna be the Patriots.
3: Right. Brother Beeves. I agree with everything that both of you just said.
2: I don't care. <laughs> I wish they wouldn't. But I, have, I can't see them not winning. So, you yeah, yeah, yeah. The NFL world doesn't yeah. care anymore. We're all pretty much sick of the Patriots. <laughs>
1: yeah, and somehow that yeah. shit could end in a 0 0 tie. That would be the best thing that could ever happen.
3: I, mean, I don't I know how you could. would do it. Yeah.
1: But it would Like be the great. Eagles
3: have never won a Super Bowl, right? No. Yeah. So yeah. I I would love I'd love to see them win just so they, you know, they don't have to say that anymore. Uh yeah. having rooted for a team that had to say that for a long time. So yeah. I, you know, I I, I would <laughs> like for the Eagles to win, but I just I don't care about them enough and I just yeah. i, I the Patriots yeah. are a team to beat, unless apparently unless you're the New York Giants. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and, right. And
1: Philadelphia fans are exceptionally obnoxious. Uh, I can't. I can't, can't even brutal. bring myself to. Cheer. I can't even bring myself to cheer for that. It just needs to end in a tie. Uh, I, I, you know, and over time as we've gotten, you know, older, or whatever, you know, the Super Bowl just doesn't mean anything to me anymore. It's like, oh, I see the commercial <laughs> halftime show. What the fuck, I
3: am going to watch Justin Timberlake. Really, this is what we're doing now.
1: Uh, no,
0: we're not doing right. that either. And you can uh, sit around is. and
3: watch the trailers, or just wait till the game's over and get them online?
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, it's, there's no, there is literally nothing
3: of, other than
1: gorging on food. There's literally no reason for me, and even as not even on drinking. There's nothing.
2: Unless uh, Janet Jackson's gonna come back, I should remove. I really could care less. Yeah, exactly. One. Well, <laughs> I, I, Brother Beavis can relate to this on many levels. I,
1: the Super Bowl Sunday has literally turned into New Year's Eve for me. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, two worst, <laughs> two worst days of the year. Yeah, I was like, fuck. Who cares? Fuck. It's giving me a fucking soma and a freaking alcohol and I'll go to sleep at 7 and wake me up tomorrow morning at the same time and I'm (laughs) going to die. Whatever. Alright. So as the X-Men animated music starts to play us out even though we didn't do uh, a throwback Thursday, uh, Sandman, so go ahead and sign Uh, off. Alright,
2: fellow mutants, we will see you next week. Alright. Brother Beavis, go ahead and sign off, my friend. Alright,
1: catch you next time. Alright, y'all. Everybody take it easy. Peace. Peace.